Brian Robinson is a must buy in the Washington Commanders offense. We will explain why on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. Check her out at Behind the Steel Curtain and Pro Football Focus. On today's show, we are discussing the biggest winners and losers from the Washington Commanders, which was kind of a lost season for this Commanders team. Uh, but there were some defined winners on this team that I want to talk about. And Kate, I think we've got to start with Brian Robinson. All right, Marcus, I'm going to need you to kick off this show then because I I like Brian Robinson. Okay, I like him. I think he had a solid season. He ranked 10th among running backs and first down or rushing touchdown rate which is a key indicator of how monumental and, and, you know, what a cornerstone piece of this offense he was. But I'm struggling to see the upside here for fantasy football. It's 70 plus rushing yards in just three games in the 2023 season. 34th in PFF rushing grade, despite the fact that this is an offense that actually ranked ninth in overall run blocking grade. 28th in explosive runs, 16th in misforced tackle rate. That's fine. Uh, 20th in yards after contact per attempt. I'm kind of questioning here whether or not Brian Robinson has done enough, which maybe by default he does uh, just because of the fact that Chris Rodriguez is the only other running back on this roster. But I'm wondering if he's done enough to really secure him this role this team has a lot of draft capital heading into the 2024 draft could they be in a position where they use one of these you know top 150 picks on a running back that you know this is a, a fairly deep running back class it's a fair question i do expect them to draft a running back at some point and if you're watching with us on youtube right now kate has the graphic pulled up of all of their draft picks this year that's a lot of them I expect them to draft one on early day three because they have to have somebody else in this backfield, right? To, to share some of the work with Brian Robinson. But Kate, the reason why I'm buying him this offseason and why I think he's the biggest winner from this offense is I think he's just a legitimately good player. This commander's team last year under Eric Bieniemy, who was running the offense, they just threw the ball all over the place. And they didn't have a quarterback that was capable of handling that much of a workload. We saw Sam Howell lead the NFL in interceptions. And yet Brian Robinson produced. He started 15 games for the commanders. He had over 1100 yards. Uh, he had nine touchdowns. It seemed like every time he got the opportunity, he made things happen. And I guess I look at this offense, basically everybody's value drops in this offense, whether it was Sam Howell, we're going to talk about Jahan Dotson spoiler in just a second. We're going to talk about the tight ends. But Robinson is the one guy that I feel better about coming out of this offseason because he raised his yards per carry. He got more work. He became a much better pass catcher. And I've got to say, Kate, like looking looking forward, 
I'm not all that excited about this Cliff Kingsbury offense. I'm not. But if you he remember, did. but if you remember like the first couple of years of James Conner with Cliff Kingsbury, scored a bunch of touchdowns. And I just think Brian Robinson in that same role could do the same. I mean, I like all fair points. You mentioned the, the, you know, uptick in efficiency in terms of his yards per carry. He's still only ranked at, you know, 4.1 yards per attempt, which is not great, but it's not bad. Not great. I will tell you, I think the most, the biggest red flag for me when it comes to Brian Robinson has been just the team's overall lack of usage for him on third and fourth down snaps. Antonio Gibson this past season played 63% of third and fourth down snaps. Now, again, Antonio Gibson, he's about to hit free agency. And obviously this is an entirely new regime. There's nothing in this, uh, you know, system here that has ties to Antonio Gibson necessarily, or, you know, the, the usage of him within the draft, like they, it's, it's a fresh start for Antonio Gibson. He's going to hit free agency. I would be surprised if they brought him back. I would be shocked. But Brian Robinson this past season played just 23% of third and fourth down snaps out of the backfield, 37.4% of receiving snaps. I worry, like, why isn't he used on third down? Because you look at his efficiency, Marcus, 88th percentile in PFF receiving grade, 90th percentile in yards per route run among running backs over his two NFL seasons. Why isn't he utilized on third down? And I have to wonder if that, like, do they just not trust him in pass pro? And is that going to be a limitation to him moving forward? I think if we assume that there's rational coaching in Washington, that that could be a big assumption, Marcus. Yeah, and that's assumption. that's the whole point. It's like Ron Rivera gone, not a coach right now on an NFL roster. Eric Enemy, who was the offensive coordinator on this team, gone, not coaching anybody's offense right now. I just kind of have to assume that they had no idea what they were doing with the talent here. And I just look at Brian Robinson going into year three, coming off a really solid season. Uh, now what? a year and a half removed from his gunshot wound that he suffered before the 2022 season. And I just, I, I just really like the role that he could potentially have in this offense. And then Katie, I look at the price RB 27 going behind like David Montgomery, Alvin Kamara, Jerome Ford. I think there's a chance that this commander's offense is just significantly better because they draft Jaden Daniels at number two, they spend all this money in free agency on the offensive line. And then they just let Brian Robinson do his thing. I think he's one of these dart throws that I want to take at the running back position this off season. I think that's fair. And for me, like this is just probably going to be a point where we, we disagree and that's okay. Cause I mean, for me, obviously there's, there's huge question marks about sort of what you should really be investing in the running back position. I don't think, the price tag is egregious at, at RB 27, but I do think right there, he kind of falls into this dead zone at running back for me where I, I have trouble maybe seeing the upside there. He doesn't have a ton of draft capital invested again. It, like I could be wrong and he could come out and have a 300 touch season in this new regime. I just wonder with the draft capital, with this new regime, are they bought in to Brian Robinson? And is there something to his game that is limiting him on third and fourth down? Because obviously those receiving snaps, so, so valuable 
uh, especially in, in full PPR, half PPR scoring formats that, you know, Brian Robinson might be the winner from this team, but for me, it's more of a last man standing kind of deal. I just like the talent and maybe that's just where you and I differ. I really liked him coming out of Alabama and I thought he just got much better in year two. I'm excited about what he's going to look like in year three with a somewhat competent coaching staff. But okay, let's talk about <laughs> the rest of this team in which we're going to call them basically losers from the 2023 season, which player saw their value drop the most from last year. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total upfront so you know that you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in just seconds with two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We want to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day, with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, find Locked On Sports Today now available on the free Fire TV channels app. Okay, let's talk about the biggest losers from this Washington Commanders offense, and it's got to be Jahan Dotson at, at number one, right? Oh, that nagging former first round pick that mm. that one that that's a doozy. My man, he absolutely came out and struggled in year two. And Marcus, I mean, just again, really, really brutal this season, ranked 25th percentile or lower in PFF receiving grade grade against single coverage yards per route run yards after the catch per reception. I mean, this was a, a very tough season, and you look at his production from year one to year two, he saw a pretty significant drop-off in pretty much every single category that you could possibly categorize as efficiency, yards per reception, target percentage, yards per route run, um, didn't run as deep a routes, wasn't targeted as deeply down the field. Um, saw a, a significant drop off in air yards per target. Mm. I mean, across the board, Jahan Dotson wasn't great. And Marcus, I look at like, what is the difference between year one and year two? I think the biggest, one of the, the biggest and maybe most underrated, uh, you know, things that we need to look at is there was a huge shift in where he was utilized on the field. He took a much higher percentage of his snaps from the slot uh, only took 26% of snaps from the slot as a rookie for that rose to 42% in his second season. 
which is kind of interesting because we ended up having him come out. And I think most people thought based on his size, you know, he's a, a relatively like a, a smaller shiftier wide receiver um, definitely has some ball skills that translate to the outside. But I think generally people thought like, okay, uh, you know, 5'11", 178 pounds, probably going to be more of a slot guy. And I'll tell you, Marcus, I don't think it translated as well no. as we thought it would. No, it didn't. I, I don't think he's a slot receiver. If you go back to his film when he was at Penn State, he primarily was an outside guy that was like a, a field stretcher. Um, but he doesn't really have the size to do that. And he's a not saying it is he's an average athlete. It's just not true, but he's not, he's not a stellar the, athlete. No. And he's not the most explosive player either, right? Like he ran a four, four, three, that's fine, but he's not running away from cornerbacks. This isn't like he's Christian Watson running a four, three, four at six foot four, 215 pounds. My biggest issue with Jahan Dotson is. Last year, after the season, Kate, we saw his ADP dip from 50 down to about 70. So a 20-spot drop because people, I think, were a little bit frustrated with how the rookie season went. But, of course, as the season got closer, we saw that ADP rise all the way up to 48 in September, Kate. 48 overall, and it's just tanked since there. Uh, again, 48 overall, September 2023, now in December down to 90th overall. And yet again, we're seeing this trend of him starting to rise back up despite basically doing nothing on the field. I think people are excited, but because of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, the possibility of Jaden Daniels or potentially maybe Drake may going there. I will uh, say Marcus, go ahead. I watched every target from Jahan Dotson's 2023 season this morning. And I'm going to be honest, like from a standpoint, because you watch the games in season you digest the stats in season you look back retrospectively and sometimes i don't think your feelings always match up with no. what you watch and i had a lot fewer frustrations with jahan dotson and what he was doing on the field than maybe i i kind of expected and when i watched him play this year when i watched the kind of targets he was getting from sam howell I'm going to be honest, there were a lot of moments where I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't know what else he would have done there. Like, I don't know how he could have got more yards after the catch. I don't know how he could have broken that tackle because it was thrown into double coverage. Like, there were a lot of things that I think had to do with the quarterback play for Jahan Dotson. And I like, I don't think that necessarily it's all Jahan Dotson. Now, no, is no. he maybe miscast. I, I think it's almost like the opposite of a Traylon Burks conundrum. Like Traylon Burks, you look at the size, everybody wants to put him outside despite the fact that he's a slot receiver. I think people are doing the opposite to Jahan Dotson where they saw the size and automatically assumed he was going to be kind of an inside guy just because he can be smaller, be a greater mismatch over the middle of the field. I think he belongs on the outside, but I also think like, if there was a, a quarterback that would have placed the ball just a little bit better to lead the receiver to a point where he could get yards after the catch, not targeting the sidelines over and over. Like I, I would, I will say I was just kind of surprised because I had this, this painted picture of Jahan Dotson in my head where 
yes, a, a ton of frustration and it's really hard to buy if, if the cost is rising up for people that are kind of hoping that there's going to be some sort of monumental bounce back hard to buy into that. But I will say like the tape wasn't as frustrating as I remembered it to be on the back end. A couple of things just before we move on. Um, it's important to remember that this front office and this coaching staff did not draft Jahan Dotson. So they are not necessarily tied to him despite being a first round pick. And Kate, I'm going to throw this graphic back up. Look at all of those picks in this draft coming up. This is a really, really good wide receiver class. I'm not saying they're going to take one at two. They're not going to do that. They might not even take one at 30 or, or 36 or 40, but it wouldn't be that surprising if they're like, hey, Cliff, go get the receivers that you want, that you think are going to fit this offense. Uh, why don't you you know, spend a day two pick and a day three pick, and we'll build this offense the way you want it to be. I'm just saying that I think there's a chance that Jahan Dotson either gets moved or he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, which is why, to me, it's so interesting looking at his dynasty value right now. He's being drafted as wide receiver 43. I know that doesn't seem super high, but I will say I'm, I'm in a dynasty league where he was released last week, sitting on the waiver wire. I, honestly, I really didn't even think about trying to pick him up. It wasn't like it wasn't like I was. Oh man, I have to go grab Jahan Dotson right now. And I just think that's where we're at with him. Yeah, definitely, definitely fair. And obviously, the draft capital does play play huge into that. I mean, uh, for those of you not watching with us on YouTube, hey, go watch with us on YouTube. Yes. But. The commanders have six picks in the top 103. Like they have some really nice draft capital to, to rebuild. And obviously this is a, a wide receiver class that people are really excited about. Really and, excited and about there. There's a lot of superstars here that could potentially emerge here out of that top 100. And they've got a number of picks to do it yes. with. Um, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where they, those picks go. And I don't know, maybe, maybe the, the incoming, uh, rookie class could affect another wide receiver on the roster. Mm. So you're pegging as a trade target. We're going to talk about Terry McLaurin and his, uh, apparent perennial standing as an every single year trade target in the off season. Marcus, you're going to make the case for Terry McLaurin next <laughs> This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That is $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all of your NBA favorites, uh, favorite players, favorite teams with the quick bets, the live same-game parlays, the exclusive props, and so much more. I love the futures mar market when it comes to the NBA. I love betting on who's going to be in the play-in game, who's going to come out of both conferences. It's so much fun. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Welcome back to the LockedOn Dynasty Football Podcast. Every day is on tomorrow's show. It's Wednesday, so that means it's Matt Williamson time here in Locked On Dynasty. It's your, we're going to answer your mailbag questions, so make sure that you send them into us at Marcus underscore Mosher, at Kate Machuk, and at Williamson NFL. But Kate, I want to talk about Terry McLaurin, who has 
been perennially a buy for me in dynasty leagues. I love Terry McLaurin. I'm so excited that he's going to get a new quarterback and a new offense this year, but I think you're a little bit lower on scary Terry. Let's be clear, not lower on scary Terry, the wide receiver, but lower on scary Terry, the dynasty asset, because I do think there is a huge difference and there might not be a better example of skill on the field that hasn't translated to fantasy production. It does feel like Terry McLaurin is a trade target every single off season. And to be perfectly honest, Marcus, it exhausts me the past three seasons. Like you look at, at what he's actually done on the field, especially given the circumstance, right? He has not been dealt many hands that I think are ideal for fantasy production, but he's, overcome that and i think you know a, a ton of ways 75th percentile or better in pff receiving grade yards per route run average depth of the target he said four consecutive seasons with 77 or more receptions over a thousand receiving yards but my question is the upside right he's 28 years old he's never scored more than seven receiving touchdowns my question to you marcus like what do you think the actual upside is for Terry McLaurin? Because you look at his fantasy finishes, he's never finished ahead of wide receiver 14. The bulk of his career, he's spent as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, um, more often finishing as a wide receiver three than not. So like, what is the actual upside here for Terry McLaurin? And is he ever actually going to be, you know, the wide receiver one that I think he is in the real real life NFL, not for, not for fantasy, not for dynasty. I want you to leave this graphic up a little bit for a second, because I think this is actually why I think he's a a trade target for me right now. If you look at those average wide receiver finishes, 27, 21, 25, 14, 28, most of those, in fact, all of those have come with bad quarterback play and it averages out to what, like probably 21, 22 or so, something like that. Okay. Right now he's being drafted as wide receiver 34. And I just think when this new Cliff Kingsbury offense, it's going to be throwing the ball to the sidelines more, more targets for Terry McLaurin, hopefully better quarterback play. He's just going to outperform where he's being drafted. And maybe it's not a wide receiver one. Maybe it's not a top 18 receiver or so. But to me, there's a lot of value in getting a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two at prices that are pretty cheap. You can get Terry McLaurin for a song right now. If you look at his dynasty value, it's been pretty stable over the last couple of years, but we're finally starting to see the, the, the ADP drop a bit. And this is where I want to swoop in. I I've got no problem at all. If he's my wide receiver three, I love it because I think I can get him really cheap this off season. I think that does have to do with the, the drop in price. The fact that we're finally starting to see that dip because Marcus, I think you just hit the nail on the head there. You're fine with him as your wide receiver three. I think Terry McLaurin would be an outstanding wide receiver three on your fantasy rosters. 80 career games. He has scored 15 or more fantasy points in full PPR formats in just 31 of 80 of those games. So, you know, the upside isn't fantastic, but no, but I I don't need it to be fantastic for my wide receiver three. I just want somebody who's going to get me. 10 to 12 PPR points a week with a potentially a little bit higher ceiling than that. I think that's, that's what I need to buy into in order to feel good about trading for Terry McLaurin is that 
you need to make, you know, uh, you know, make amends with the fact that this is not going to be your wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. Terry McLaurin, I don't think for fantasy is going to ever be your true wide receiver one, even though he is one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. Like I said, this is one of the biggest mismatches, I think, between talent and skill on the field versus fantasy football production. And I, I do think that once you make your peace with that, the price tag becomes very palatable yes. because he is a very plug-and-play wide receiver three that I don't think you have to think about. And that price, you know, in that wide receiver three range, yeah, that feels pretty reasonable for a guy that I'm going to set in my lineup. He's probably not going to win me a ton of weeks, but nope. Nope. he's, he's going to get me 10 to 15 points every single week. And you kind of know that that's his floor because it can't get much worse than what we've seen out of his first five seasons circumstantially. I just want to go through really quickly some traits from Dynasty League football. Uh, now, this is a tight end premium league, 14 teams. Terry McLaurin and Bo Melton for Darren Waller. Oh, I'll take Terry McLaurin. Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. I don't even know uh, why. I, I, I uh, Yeah, <laughs> Terry, McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin for Romeo Dubs. Uh, I'll take Romeo Dubs there. See, I think the problem with Dubs is he's, what, maybe the wide receiver three on his own team? I don't think we know that yet. Okay. Uh, Terry McLaurin and a 2024 second round pick for Javante Williams. Yeah, I'll take Terry McLaurin. Okay. Last one. Terry McLaurin for a 2024 second round pick. Yeah, I'll take Terry McLaurin. And, and that's the thing is like, I think you can get him pretty cheap right now. And I think this is the time to do it because once the commanders draft a quarterback and start to use some of their free agent dollars, upgrading this offense, People are going to get excited about Terry McLaurin again. And I'm not saying he's going to go from wide receiver 34 to wide receiver 24, but can we see him slide up to like wide receiver 29 or wide receiver 30? Sure. I, I just think now is the time to buy. Yeah. And I, I think if you're again, kind of buying low, but you're still getting that return of a low end wide receiver two, high upside wide receiver three, I think that that's a decent enough return that I'm, I'm willing to make the investment. All right. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making locked on dynasty. Your first listen every single day, just a little update. Uh, we're going to do some more of these team previews, but we're going to do them division by division. We've got a lot of things coming up for you guys over the next several months, including some prospect profiles that we've got to get to. We've got shows with Matt Williamson answering your mailbag questions. We've got combine uh, events coming up next week. It's a busy time free agency. What three weeks from Tuesday, I believe. Uh, so just be on the lookout for those. We're going to go division by division, division by division, wrapping up all 32 teams. Be on the lookout for that. Go download the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out the YouTube channel as well. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you right back here tomorrow.